Most people live very busy lives. Time is at a premium, and, and you can barely feel like you can get your own stuff done, let alone getting other people's stuff done. So the idea of investing our time and our energy into helping others may seem like something that's hard to fit in at best and, and just impossible at worst. But today we're going to find out how helping others actually helps you. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Quick Counsel Podcast, where we will give you a simple and practical understanding of counseling issues and how they might apply to your life. Here's your host, Pastoral Counselor Brett Legg. Today on Quick Counsel, we're going to be talking to Sean Allen. Sean has this incredible heart for helping others. And in the past, he's worked in churches and with homeless shelters and, and helping people get back on their feet and improve their lives. Currently, Sean is the equipping pastor for Men's and Recovery Ministries for Warren Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia. And Sean's a good friend of mine, and I know he has a heartbeat for helping others find their place in life and to thrive in doing it. So, Sean, welcome to Quick Counsel. Thanks, Brad. I'm really glad to be here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you come from? How did you get to this point? Uh, I'm originally from the Midwest, and uh, r- relative to this, while well, I was at college, which is a while ago, I was asked by two fellow students to invest some time helping them in personal growth and development. And so, actually, it turns out this experience motivated me actually to reconsider my future plans and everything. And so, from that point, I volunteered to work with teenagers, with young marrieds. Uh, I was one of those back then myself. In those years, our young family volunteered to serve in other parts of the U.S., And, you know, admittedly, uh, when vocational ministry kicked in, it really opened up innumerable opportunities uh, for us with married adults, single adults, homeless men and women, as you mentioned, hurricane victims, adults with particular hurts and hang-ups, as well as school-age kids. And location-wise, these kind of opportunities have taken us overseas as well. So it sounds like your path has been just a path that always puts you in the path of helping other people. Uh, You just can't help it. When you consider... For starters, privilege, the way I look at it, as for most of us in this country, we do have the option to be completely self-indulgent, but I've always sensed a higher calling or an alternative option that privilege could just afford us the luxury of bringing value into the lives of others wherever it's needed. Helping people is not always a high-profile thing to do. So what is it that you get from helping people? Well, it's really joy, uh, Brett. It's a sense of purpose a sense of accomplishment that may have a more personal impact, especially for those of us whose work is largely task-oriented. So you're looking for some personal impact. When you volunteer to help others, even if it's carrying out a task, the personal connection can be inspiring. If you're looking to make a difference, uh, feel like your life skills, talents, resources have greater meaning, then helping others can fit the bill. Uh, may not always give you that warm, fuzzy feeling. Sometimes helping others can honestly be just plain tough. People can be messy. They can be unappreciative, etc. But if to bring value to others is your aim, then on your worst day of serving them, you'll know that your intention was clear. And there's something about commitment and follow-through with selflessness and action that can be meaningful, even satisfying. And I would say that that occurs more times than not. Can, can you give me a story when that happened? Yeah, I'm thinking about... Uh, we had a, um, I took a team down to do follow-up work from Hurricane Katrina years ago. And I remember that uh, we got a debrief from the uh, Samaritan's Purse people down there running everything, coordinating the work. And this team, uh, one of the things the chaplain there said, he said, people will be coming back. Uh, they'll be coming back looking for 
pets, sadly, different things that they just they just want to come back and check their places. And these people have already been uh, displaced and all. And we were working in their homes and getting stuff out of there and everything. So with the intention of them rebuilding or whatever they're going to do. And I remember that the chaplain said, be ready. You're working here physically, hard work, really hard work. But be ready at any moment just to kind of uh, strip out of your Tyvek suit, if you will, and and just listen to their story. And I remember one of the coolest things to me about that was, as a team leader, is that I took that cue, and we had a woman on that team. Her name was Millie, and she was very, uh, I just knew she was a real compassionate, hearted kind of person. And so I took the cue from the chaplain, not a, a genius here, and I just said, Millie, if that happens, what he just described would you be like our point person that will automatically go casual, get with them on the back of a uh, tailgate or something like that? And whatever it takes, you got to talk to them, pray with them, cry with them, whatever it, whatever it takes. And by golly, if that didn't happen, and I thought, man, that's just, you can't beat that. So that's really, there's a sense there where she's getting a tremendous benefit out of that. She's helping those people who are benefiting, and I'm getting the benefit of, simply just pushing her in the right direction, if you will. And I took my cue from the chaplain. So I don't know what he's thinking about that. You should find out about it. So uh, that's good. So there's something that just internally says yes when you do this. Yeah, there sure is. Horace Mann once said, doing nothing for others is the undoing of ourselves. I think that's a great quote. Oftentimes we just tend to focus more on ourselves, helping ourselves than helping others. What do you think that is? Um. I think it's the way, I honestly think it's just the way, uh, it's, it's human nature at that point. I think it's just, uh, we automatically, uh, what's the word? We de- It's like we default mm-hmm. to just be about ourselves. Mm-hmm. So it does take an effort. It takes an intentional effort to move beyond ourselves to help other people and to experience what we're talking about. Yeah, and anything that takes effort, we tend to steer away from unless it's going to benefit us, right? Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's pretty obvious that when we help others, they benefit from it. That's that's a given. But how do we benefit from helping others? Um, I think I've alluded to the deep satisfaction. I think um, the other thing is, the other thing is, uh, especially, and I see this a lot in the kind of work I'm involved in here, but if, if when we have stories, when we have stories even of disappointment or heartache or whatever, I think especially at those moments, this becomes real clear to me that, when a person does that and they are able to uh, help others, if you will, with the same kind of uh, the wisdom, the comfort, whatever they receive, the time they're really hurting, and they, they're able to share that with another person, help, another, help that person, and encourage them the same way. There's something about that I can't describe, but it's way over the top. That's the time where I think your life, you feel valuable, you feel uh, so needed on the planet. And uh, it just, there's something that just takes you beyond yourself to say, wow, there could be a lot more here with me. I'm, I'm a person of, of worth, of value, and especially when I'm, I'm helping another person. You know, when you were talking about that, I was thinking there was a time uh, when I was – I had to rake my yard. I had a really big yard. It was full. I was exhausted. It <laughs> was – it was. I was just spent, and I'm out there trying to rake this yard, and I'm looking and thinking, you know, it's going to take – all day it's gonna take all weekend to get this yard raked and i don't even have the energy to get started and so i'm out there and i'm kind of grousing and this young teenager kind of drove by in a pickup truck and next thing i know he turned around and came back and stopped and he said do you need help with your yard 
And, you know, I hate to ask for help. And I said, I got it. I got it. You know, and he was persistent. He goes, no, let me help. I can help. And I I kept pushing back and finally said, yeah, I could really use some help with this yard. He said, I'll be right back. He leaves, comes back in his pickup truck. He's got rakes. He's got wheelbarrows. He's got everything. And within just an hour, we had everything done. And I appreciated him. I told him how much I appreciate Tried to pay him. He wouldn't let me pay him. And I swear, as good as I felt to have that done, he looked like he was walking on air when he left. Mm -hmm. So there is something about that. Do you think there's any mental health benefits to helping others? Yes, I do. I think, uh, in fact, uh, what's interesting is uh, when you're dealing with people who are struggling with certain issues, and I mentioned the hang-ups and habits, and this would be like, say, in a a recovery or sport group context, it's almost like uh, part of the whole regimen there to help people is uh, as you're coming along and processing all that stuff, if you're a person in that situation, there is a point where you sort of cross a magic line. It's intentional in the in the uh, help for you, where you're supposed to start thinking about what, what can I start giving back is the common term. And so... Uh, that has been recognized as something so powerful for a person that's having to, golly, just come out of the soup, you know, that I think that uh, that's where it really clicks over. I think that it uh, it helps people who are struggling with how they've been thinking about themselves, maybe for years, maybe for decades, their whole life. And now they're coming over and go, boy, again, I think it comes back that I, I do have value and I have worth and I am actually able to... Um, pour that into some other person that really proves it to me tangibly i think that's very powerful mentally especially i see that a lot even in support groups but i think it happens in just friendships too you can be you can be buried in your own stuff and somebody comes over and they're having a problem and you just kind of take your mind off of your stuff and you start focusing on them and how you can help that's true and before long you think you know what i feel better yeah yeah Yeah. so there's there's kind of a redirection of energy there um is there ever a time, this is this is kind of a, a different question, is there ever a time when helping others could not be helpful to you or to them? I think there's a timing issue that's legitimate. Um, if you're going through if you're going through trauma yourself at that time, um, I think there's time that's a time for you to give yourself some space and to process and to receive in, in that mode. So in that case, it's kind of like you're off the hook in the best sense since we're really pressing on this point. But uh, but that's valuable. That's important. And I think that's that's a case. I think there are other situations. This kind of gets in the weeds. But there's, um, you know, if you've had past experiences, maybe even past trauma or something like that, and you, uh, as they say, we can get triggered at times going forward, um, you either have to be, if that's really fresh for you, that, that might be a, Maybe it's more of a learning curve in that and dealing with that and responding. But that might say to you, maybe it's still too early to press into a certain area where you want to help people because of how close to home. It's too close to home yet. Yeah. So sometimes like in a support group situation, if someone has just lost their spouse, yeah. one week later is probably too early to go into a grief group. That's what I was. Yeah. Gonna, that's where I was going to go. Yeah. And and. What's the difference? Here you go. This this is we'll lob this one at you. What's the difference between helping someone and enabling someone? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, you have to be really careful about that. When when I'm talking to people who are wanting to do, especially a compassionate kind of ministry where they listen and empathize, those kind of people, uh, I have to warn them and say, be careful. 
you can you can let your feelings betray you. Um, and uh, I always use the example of, uh, you know, I'm your friend, and I come to you, and I go, well, Brett, you sh- you sh- you should hear how this went down at work, and you go, really, and you want to empathize. Next thing you know, I'm just giving you. 50, 50 points about why my boss is the worst person in the world. Mm-hmm. If you're not careful, you don't even know my boss, but you're taking up a defense for me. Right. And suddenly you're as bitter as I am about some guy you don't even know. So, yeah, so there's there's some things you have to be careful about in the process of helping others. And, and again, now that I think about it, since we're talking out loud about it, there, there are a lot of... Uh, there are a lot of points of wisdom of self awareness, especially as you reach out to help other people. But, but I don't think that should be that should keep us from doing that because right. I think as you wade in, you go, oh, okay, it's a learning curve kind mm-hmm. of thing, and you're never going to find out if you don't step out there and try. So, err on the side of helping more often than on the side of caution and backing up. Yeah, and then the enabling thing—I really didn't speak directly to that. Yeah, if you're not careful. Um, that, that's a whole other thing. I, I've been in situations where I think we all have. A, I think we think a common one is like a panhandler or something. And mm-hmm. However we think about that, then you sort of wonder, Am I? is this guy, what's he going to do with this? Right, you know? right. And uh, those are things just, I think that's, a, that's, a, that's something you need to think about and process and where are you going to land on that. Yeah. And I think even when you wait out there, you may change your, you may change your tune later on. <laughs> I was a lot more... What's the word? Self-righteous or, boy, I was a, a bold stemwinder back in the day until I really got into real life and realized, wow, these things, a lot of these things that I was idealistic about, there's a lot of there's a lot of heavy stuff going out there. It's funny how the more difficulties you go through, the softer you get towards other people. That's exactly right. Your own stuff and what you observe or encounter as you're moving along. And if you're a parent, you get this. You know the difference between... Helping your kids with their homework and doing their science project for them. You know, you know the difference between those. Okay, now you're serving as a minister in church. And so obviously faith plays a big part in what you do and in helping others. Talk to me about how your faith influences your efforts to help people. Well, um, you 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 start right off the bat with going, wow, I have the example of Jesus and I'm and then all these teachings that are replete. Uh, throughout the Bible, and there's so many examples that you're going. Uh, I don't know what a. It's just like it's kind of a screaming at you that this is this is the way of life. Mm-hmm. This is the way you're supposed to go. And then you have, in the context of a local church, you'll see people doing this and all this, and you're going, boy, you know. And as we've talked about, uh, you're going. Well, some people are doing this and even seem to be very joyful about it. Right. It seems to be really a wow deal. Even though, you know, they've had to walk through some stuff with people or whatever, or just do some flat-out hard work, as you talked about the raking and all, you know. So uh, that's a big piece. There are other dynamics like uh, we talk about in the church about people being gifted to do a certain thing or certain things they can do, uh, unique in their own situation or even unique from another person in the church. And that's a that's a big piece, too. I'm I'm a big person in that. We could take a whole other two times talking about it but um that's huge too but i think overall um i I think um the whole if if you really are getting down to your theology on this so to speak um whatever you believe about god you're going wow he's a giving god he's given to me he loves me it it just seems to be like your parents you go well this is my example Mm -hmm. Uh, i don't know any other paradigm Right. And I think once a person enters into that, I think that has a huge 
impact and how they roll going forward. So when it comes to faith, doing good or helping others is not just something that's altruistic to do. It's actually kind of motivated and mandated and, and even empowered by your faith. That's right. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. Yeah. Uh, if someone wanted to start investing in helping others, someone said, you know what, I'm kind of keep to myself. I'm kind of introvert. I just I just kind of don't do that enough. So I, I will need to start investing in helping others. What are some things they could do? What are some simple strategies that they could take to start wading into the waters of helping people? Golly, I think, I think you can start. One of the things, I'm such a processor guy that I look for systems to, to link into. Mm-hmm. So media, like in my context, I look at the church and I go, okay, where are our opportunities? You know, it's kind of like a mall, you know, that way to me. And so I like to lock in like that. But other people, especially people who are more, I'm more task-oriented than high-touch. But I think a high-touch person would take five minutes and think, you know, I could start doing this for my neighbor right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think, for example, uh, in our neighborhood, uh, even though I'm 64, we have people in our neighborhood that are just really elderly. I mean, you know, I feel like I'm in my 40s compared to them. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I ought to go over and help Miss Annie do this and this, or my neighbor Bob and Susan, I can help them do this and this. Uh, I, I start thinking about those are so at hand, right. you know, and they come up. And the, and the more you're looking for that and have your antenna up, you find them. So you can start as simple, I guess, as they say, as your own backyard. Uh, I'm sure there are just tons of community opportunities. I couldn't even go into them. But honestly, what you might look for, if this helps you to get past, especially if an introvert person, and truthfully, I'm actually wired more like that than the average bear. I think I might look for something that I that I have some kind of interest or passion or connection to through my own right. experience. If you came out of a background where you just didn't always have it real easy and that kind of thing, and you just particularly burden for people hurting financially or even people on the street, you could find a local shelter or something like that to get involved with. And it could be as simple as, um, I thought about this earlier, could be as simple as you go, you know, I always hear on TV at Thanksgiving they feed the homeless people you know, in a big barn down there and somebody's right. cooking it and somebody's shoveling it out there. You know, that could be that simple for right. starters. Here's the kicker. Once you get in a place like that and start getting involved, you start seeing more needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a thing here where we do a single mom's oil chip. We help single moms change their oil for free. And by God, there's all, all of a sudden you found there's all sorts of different ways you can not, you don't just turn a wrench. We have a multiplicity of ways that a person get involved in that kind of thing. And it's just you're looking for those kind of opportunities. You say, now that really flows my boat. I was a single dad at one time, and I knew known plenty of single moms, and I really get mm-hmm. where that where they're coming from. And I've heard a lot of people talk about how, on the average, single moms don't make just a little bit on the average above the poverty line. It right. Sounds like a lot of them are hurting. Right. So a free oil change is a big deal. You know, four times a year. Absolutely. And so uh, that's the kind of thing. So you look for those. It's kind of the old thing that. It's not so much about your ability, but your availability. That's really it. And then and then being intentional enough, again, to kind of look around and poke yeah. around. These days with social media and all kinds of, uh, you could just t- check into right. all kinds of things. I, I think you could start Googling and saying, I'm interested in helping these people with this and or the whatever the subject matter is. And by golly, you'll find people that are doing it out there. You know, it's as easy as going on social media and saying, okay, we have a crib that we don't need anymore. Does anybody need it? Yeah. Yeah. That kind exactly. of, my wife has the gift of service. And so if we go to a party, when the party's over, 
we're not leaving because she's going to be cleaning up. She's going to be doing dishes. She's going to be putting stuff away. And no matter how much the host tries to shoo her away, she will not leave until those things are done. So yeah. it's yeah. sometimes it's the simplest of things. It is like that. And then, but honestly, your local church and not to harp on it, but man, that's a great place. I mean, especially, um, most churches are not as large. Like we're in a real, very large context, multiple uh, staff people to help you and help you get plugged in. But even in a smaller context, uh, I would just go to my main pastor. If that's all I have is so I have one guy that's the pastor, and I'd say, Pastor Bill or whatever, I, I'm here to do something. Can we talk about that? Right. Now, I would make the effort to talk to him about it, not just throw in automatically. If you're thinking about something where you really want to, you want to be a role player, you want to have a, kind of a committed or more dedicated you got the time or the inclination or both and i would sit down and say can we explore that a little bit mm-hmm. because he can help you he should have the wisdom to be able to help you and he knows the needs right he's the main main go-to guy so that would be a good place so it's as simple as either going next door to your neighbor and saying hey can i help you with this or getting involved with a church or an organization that says hey here are a pair of hands how can you best use me just being available yeah and then i'd be real upfront about I'd be honest about what your talents are, you know, and I'd be honest and say, I really can do this. Now, you know, they're looking for volunteers, so they're not asking you to be the guy that just, you know, just wrote a bestseller last week mm-hmm. or something. You know, they're they're going, okay, I got you. Right. And, and they're grateful. The only thing I think a lot of these folks are concerned about is, uh, you know, if you just really go in and just, you're just a train wreck, you know, so, right. so you ought to be in a good place in your heart and mind. And then you ought to be intentional. And if you make a commitment, stay to it. Stick to your word. Yeah, you you can help somebody with their stuff if you're still drowning in your own stuff. That's kind right. Of thing. Yeah, that's right. So good, good heart, but got timing issue again. Okay, so as we wrap up, let's say that there's, and we've kind of covered this, but let's say there's someone out there listening, and they're they're kind of on the fence about spending more time helping people. You know, whether it's a neighborhood, a neighbor, or a local organization, or whatever, and they're out there saying. You know what? I just don't know. I'm barely keeping up with my own stuff. How am I going to find the time or the energy or to do anything extra? What would you say to that person? Uh, I'd say I understand that completely. It is a, um, what is the word? It's like, uh, we've been using pandemic uh, so frequently lately, but it's It's a condition of our times. Uh, so one, you're not alone. You're in the soup like everybody else on that. But it's a real problem. And, and so I have to say, uh, A, you ought to have margin for self-care at a minimum. Then um, you need to be, you just, I think you just need to do a self-assessment and say, what's really important to you? What are your uh, key values and priorities? And then you may need to step back and say, well, what needs to get the X? Am I going to be free up enough time to be able to do what's really more important? We all do this continually. We're always doing the one, two, this one or that one. Which one's more important? We constantly do it all day. But on something like this, you need to sit back and say, well, and watch this. You can't start with a, a seasonal thing. I just Now that comes to my mind, I'm thinking you might say, well, I might have to give up the fishing trip, uh, the fishing outing every Friday morning. I'm going to just throw in for 13 weeks with these people doing this. Or for a seasonal project, like uh, we pack these shoe boxes overseas for kids at Christmas time. Uh, so those people are in there for, I don't know, five, six, eight weeks, maybe tops, but they're all about it and they're all there. And they got a couple of days a week. I think they do that and they volunteer, but they probably, they've had to make a trade-off. That's the key. We all have to make a trade-off because mm-hmm. we're all jammed. We're all jammed. Right. 
So yeah. it could be as simple as a temporary short-term project or something ongoing. But but you yeah. almost have to look at your life and say, okay, how much of my life is spent on me and how much of my life is spent on others? Mm-hmm. And Yeah. So like, uh, I remember someone saying they were going to provide a service for people. Let's call it coaching or something. They said, uh, yeah, uh, gee, I'm going to charge people $150 or something like that. And I remember somebody coming back and saying, $150? And these are people, these are, they're going to coach people who are totally broke. They ain't got a dime, you know, and they don't even know they're broke, but they're going $150. You're going to spend that easily on your cable, internet, and all the rest of it right. to put together package. Wouldn't it be worth it for you if your whole trajectory of life going forward could be changed, you know? And people just don't think about those kind of trade-offs. 150 a month to be debt-free or financially free for the long haul or retiring at a responsible time that you want to, not just be, you know, hoping you can make it and not knowing. Golly, who wouldn't want, right. who wouldn't trade that for that much amount so, of money? So to take that out of the financial context, yeah. what, what if me giving an hour a week to somebody or, or helping with a need, what if that changed the trajectory of my life? Wow. What if that changed how I even see life and see others. It'd what, be amazing. Yeah, wouldn't it? Or what if I paid it forward one day a week somewhere when I'm going through Starbucks and in the line? What if I just paid it forward? What would that do? That kind of in, we think of it as helping others is what it cost us rather than how the investment will pay off. Well, we've just kind of hit all the markers, but the person on the end benefits, you benefit. The community, if we're all do, if we're all firing in that cylinder, uh, by golly, just imagine the impact that would have in our community. We all, we all sit here, we all, everybody, everybody has always whined about the way it is. <laughs> we can all whine about the way it is, but uh, this kind of this kind of thinking, initiative, and mindset of a community could be amazing. And you know, we've we've all heard illustrations like that and go, "Oh, that's great! That happened out in Nebraska. Way to go! Right. Uh, good for those people." But you know. It, it could happen in your own own place. So it's not cliche to say we could actually change the world by helping people yeah. just in our own little corner of the world. <laughs> I don't think it's cliche at all. It's hard to fathom, and I think we we I think we almost quit at the beginning because we go, you can't wrap your head around that, right? You know? but it is about um, you know I, I like to use that old starfish illustration, right? But anyway, it's about the the one. You know, if you start there. No, can't tell, worry about the rest of the ocean. Tell the illustration for those that might well, not have heard it. I'll probably butcher this, but essentially there's a boy at the beach, and these starfish have washed up, and, uh, you know, they're kind of helpless, and he's taking them and just taking them and chucking them back in the ocean to give them a second chance. And some old guy who's probably bitter and cratchy would be big, something <laughs> like me, comes along and says, Boy, what are you doing? That's, that's it. There's just too many of you. What are you going to do? He says, it doesn't matter. And the kid goes, what matters is this one? He goes and chucks that starfish <laughs> in the ocean, you know. And uh, But that's the idea. He's, you know, he's taking, he's going, hey, it matters this one. You can't, you can't let the the vastness of what you, th- you think is the concern or the problem or the issue or whatever overwhelm you. You just got to right. start somewhere. So you can't do it for everyone, but you can do it for one. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Well, one at a time anyway. Tell me, if someone's in the area or even if they're not in the area and they wanted to contact you, talk to you about this stuff, how, what's the best way for them to contact you? Uh, really, honestly, it's just it's just a, I have a just a plain vanilla email address. They can call me if they want. My number, my address here is S. Allen. S. Allen, as in Sean Allen, at warrenbaptist.org. 
Yep. Spell out your email because sometimes people spell Allen different ways. That's right. It's S-A-L-L-E-N, S-A-L-L-E-N, like Salen, at Warren, W-A-R-R-E-N, Baptist, B-A-P-T-I-S-T, dot O-R-G. All right. So if you want to get in contact with him, maybe you have some questions, maybe you're in the area and you want to figure out how you can be of help, contact him via that email and uh, and he'll be glad to help you. Sean, I appreciate you coming on Quick Counsel today. Thank you for showing us how helping others actually helps ourselves. I appreciate it, Brett. It's been really fun. I hope this has been helpful for you today and I hope it's helped you see the benefits of helping others even in the midst of a busy life. Now, if you found this podcast helpful, do me a favor, share it, share it with others. I'd also appreciate it if you'd subscribe to the podcast, leave a review so that we can push this out to more people who might find it helpful. If you want to find more from me, you can go to brettleg.com. That's one T and two G's. Or you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, go out there, find some way to help someone this week. And we'll see you back here on the next episode of Quick Counsel. Thanks for joining us today for Quick Counsel. This podcast is meant to give you a simple understanding of counseling issues and is in no way intended as a substitute for professional counseling or therapy. If you feel you need further help, please contact a local counselor, therapist, or physician. Thanks for listening, and we hope you will join us for the next episode of Quick Counseling.